Hey guys, and welcome back to Royalcast, the podcast that uncovers the hidden secrets behind the world's most haunting crimes. I am your host, Kat, and in today we're going to shine a light on a heartbreaking and deeply disturbing case that has unfolded in South Korea in 2021. Um, this tragic story of Lee Haram, an Air Force officer who became a victim of sexual assault and ultimately took her own life. We're going to go deeply into this case because um, we need to speak more on women in the military force, um, mostly in general the military base. So yeah. We're going to go in deep into this and speak about this case. Um, also clarifying if anyone has been sexually assaulted or is uncover- um, uncomfortable or triggered by anything with sexual assaults or any type of trauma, please, I advise you, um, call for help, get help, help is available, um, and also skip this episode because I do not want to trigger anyone in their mental state or anything, so... Please skip this episode and go to other episodes that are a little bit not friendly because they're almost disturbing, but at least doesn't deal with your trigger of a sexual assault victim. So let's get started on this case. Haram, a talented and ambitious young woman, had of dreams of serving her own country and making a difference in the world. But her aspirations were shattered when she fell victim of a horrific crime within very, the very institution she swore to protect. Our investigation begins with the realization that the military, like any other organization, can harbor a dark secrets in a culture of silence. In Lee Haram's case, it was sexual assault that plagued her life and led her down a path of despair and tragedy. So when the news reporter dropped in a shocking revelation, it has come to light that Lee Haram, an Air Force officer, was sexually assaulted by a superior officer. This incident has sent shockwaves throughout the nation and has raised questions about the safety and well-being of female service members. The Haram assaults was a hovering experience that shattered her sense of trust and security. Struggling with the trauma, she bravely reported the incident to her superiors, hoping for justice and support. However, what follows was a series of systematic failures that pushed her to the edge. So I want to get into more details on the actual incident. Um, Basically, she was requested. She wasn't even like axed properly she was requested to be at a dinner with her superiors um in a group of them because in korean in korea basically it is known for companies to do these company dinners even though you don't want to your job is at jeopardy if you say no um so um one of her superiors invited her to this outing actually told her if she's not there she has to be there no matter what even she had a shift through that same night that they were going to do the planning and she had to call her fiance to let him know she really didn't want to go but she wasn't she was scared of the jeopardy of her job so she actually went and that same night was the sexual assault that she you know 
went through. Um, he was being touchy touchy feely. They were all drunk, but one of the superiors was drunk enough to sexually assault her in the vehicle. The driver noticed a lot of things that was going on and did not, you know, stop it. Um, she got out. She told them that she will be fine walking towards her dorm. Which, their dorms are not kind of together. They're a little bit separate. So she walked a little bit. But that superior that was sexually assaulting her in the car. Um, got out. Told him that the told the other guy in the car that was going to go and walk. That's when he saw her and sexually assaulted her. And then after that it was game over. Haram's cries for help were met with disbelief, victim-blaming, and an appealing lack of action. She found herself trapped in a bureaucratic nightmare that further compounded her trauma and isolation. With no aversions of justice or relief, she felt hopeless and abandoned. So we're going to talk about um, Lee Haram's character. Lee Haram's character from based on her colleagues that some of them that were still her colleagues because after this everything after her sexual assault and that she reported it to a higher up um everything just changed but they did says she was well disciplined and well respected as a cadet um most superior surgeon first class um everything that she would do she would do it 100 percent. if someone did not want to do a certain job she will step in and she would do it for them she was very much a go-getter on whatever she wanted she accomplished she was so bright and her light was glowing so much she also had a fiance um they actually got married throughout basically got married within 81 days of her sexual assault which we're gonna go into deep about that part later um because around this tragic that was happening she got a little bit of happiness within it um still tragic but yeah she had a fiance who always protected her always vowed to protect her and love her he stood by her side to through very basically the very last days that she was here so, um, she also had a brother. Um, her family was a lot close-knit. They were always together. They always encouraged each other. They always was there for each other. She has an older brother and her regular parents, mom and dad. Um, they were always a close-knit family that never gave up on each other. So, her fiancé, throughout this whole thing, decided to ask her let's get married let's buy our own house let's go and get out of this the dorm situation so we can actually like you can actually feel safe and i can actually protect you because there was one thing that was wrong um she lived in a certain dorm and then he lived in a nothing was another base another base further away so it was kind of difficult for him to actually do anything to protect her physically so he has that guilt that he couldn't protect her as much as he could. So that's why he decided, let's get married. Let's leave these dorms. That way, if when we get married, we can go into a house together and I can protect you. And you can try to actually 
overcome this and see what we can do to help you. So he tried his best. Um, they did get married. They got married. It was the most happiest thing ever. Um, from what I record from the research that I did, she was so happy. They were joking. There were hugs, kisses. They even had junk food that same day, and they started unpacking into their brand new house, which was to bring. Pure happiness, and it brought her like pure happiness. It did. Um, before they even got married, she did get some therapy. She get she got some therapy she, because it really. As a sexual assault victim myself, um, certain things happen in our brains. Not even our brains. It's just our reactions. Um, not even reactions because it's. It's something that only a sexual victim could understand. Um, it's kind of difficult to actually process sometimes. Like when you start, like when it happens, it's very hard to understand and comprehend what's going on, what happened. You block that part of, oh, this never happened. It's you can call it delusional, but it's just a shock, and then slowly but surely, the emotions come out. The heartbreak, the pain, the the way that these officers treated her. They treated her like it never happened. Because they were protecting this superior. And it kind of made her, her mental health even worse than what she was going through. Because imagine, like, you get sexual assault. You do the right thing by reporting it. Because you want to be protected. But then, they tell you that you're crazy. And that shit dri would drive anyone insane. So she was going through so much mental hurdles that it was difficult. And she was trying her best. But this little glimpse of happiness when she got married to her love or her life. And left and started unpacking on their, like their future home. It was a glimpse of happiness that she has seen. Within the 81 days that she got sexually assaulted, this was the one thing that made her the most happiest and the most horrible days that she went through. And, and it wasn't only after that she left. She, like I said, she did the therapy and everything. They did switch her to another base. And there was the issue that because... They heard what was going on in the pure base with the sexual assault. Everyone knew what's going on. So these these other cadets one heard about it and were actually mistreating her too much. We're looking her the sideways, and this is how it works. It's kind of like the same as high school, but this is the military, a place that where you should be safe no matter what the circumstances is. And this happened to this girl. So these people were also looking her sideways because they knew what was going on with the case with her and a superior that they were trying to protect. A support hotline volunteer said, Our organization received a call from Lee Haram in her final moments. She was desperate, devastated, and felt like she had nowhere to turn. It was heartbreaking to hear her in her pain. And... We did everything we could to offer her support, but tragedy, tragedy, it was, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to keep her here. 
It was it was not enough to relieve her a little bit of her pain. And in devastating turn of events, Lee Haram succumbed to the unbearable weight of her suffering and took her own life. Her death shook the nation and sparked outrage, exposing the flaws in the military handling of a sexual assault case and the urge to the need for change in this system of very corruption because this case took this long. It took Lee Haram to actually pass away so they can do something about this. The aftermath of Lee Haram's death was a wake-up call for South Korea. The public demanded justice and accountability, leading to the widespread protests and calls for reform within the military justice system. The incident served as a catalyst of conversation about the treatment of sexual assault victims and its importance of fostering a culture of support and empathy. In the response of, to the public of the outcries, the South Korean government launched an independent investigation into Lee Haram's case and pledged to address the systematic issues that failed her. Efforts were made to implement stricter protocols for reporting and investigating sexual assault cases within the military aiming to provide a safer environment for all service members. So basically the way that it happened, um, she did report it to a superior. From that superior, it goes to someone more than that superior. Basically the ranks. So after that, it takes about less than like 10 days. But from what I see in my research, um, they did not actually take this, this suspect into custody to actually be interviewed for a long time and it usually when something like this happens they go directly to like take a day to bring in someone for investigation and stuff it took them mostly 81 fucking days 81 days and it took the like the crowd it took the fucking south korean people to actually put pressure for the actual government itself to go in and say what the fuck is going what, what what's going on this girl placed a fucking sexual assault report a day after her sexual assault and it was not dealt with almost three months later the only thing that they would um i saw that they did do when someone was asked about this case was going towards this case and stuff they would look into it they'll they brought him one time to talk and then let him go some people say, I think if there were family members, two of the superiors, I'm not sure. But it took them this long to actually investigate something that was there. There was camera footage. And it was like, not camera, like, it was camera footage that, um, like, you know when cars have, like, certain cameras inside of them nowadays? Um, I heard that it was, like, a camera inside, and you can hear conversations between the suspect and the victim basically 
what do you expect? Him trying to sexually assault her. She's backing him up, tell him no, and stuff like that. Um, with that evidence, and you still did not try to protect this young lady. This young lady who dedicated her fucking life to protect, and you couldn't even protect her. How do you think South Koreans feel? Like, I've seen a lot of South Koreans feel from this case. It's like, if you guys can't protect one of your people, how are you expected to protect this whole fucking country? How? It makes no sense. It took you 81 fucking days. It took her fucking death for you guys to look into it fully. It took the government to put pressure and to look, investigate themselves to figure out what really fucking happened to this lady. It's very, a lot of um people were like disgusted, which I don't, I agree. It is disgusting. It's horrible to get to a case like this and to find out nothing was done when all the resources she went to she tried her best and it just made it seem like she was just the crazy one and it hurts me um it hurts me because of the parents the parents lost a very important family member um, I did hear the older brother made a song for his sister. Um, I seen it. It was very nice. Um, but yeah, this was just a very tragedy that shouldn't have happened if protocol was literally done. Protocols are meant for it. Don't matter what fucking rank you are. You could be commander in chief, surgeon, whatever the fuck you are. These protocols was to protect these people. And she was not protected. And there's other cases of like military not protecting women in this instant. And I am going to do a couple of cases that are from the US that is dealt with the military not protecting women. And yeah, I'm going to do that. But it's very, very tragedy and disgusting that this has to happen to Lee Haram. However, the scars left by the tragedy will always forever remain. Lee Haram's story serves as a dark and striked reminder of devastating consequences of silence and negligence in the face of a sexual assault. It is a call to action urging society to stand together and ensure that no victim's plead for help goes unheard or dismissed. So guys, as a conclusion to this episode of Rorocast After Dark, I hope you enjoyed this case of Lee Haram's and the beginning of part two of the crime cases. And also employed our supporters to support us by sharing. You guys can share it. That's the most free shit that I can tell you. Share it to anyone you want. Um, You know, you can support by donating if you want to. I don't really like the donating thing. You can just share it to as much people as you want. And, you know, 
that will be the most support we can ever get from you guys. So I'll catch you guys every Friday at 11 p.m. with a brand new case and co-hosts. Um, I'm bringing in permanent co-hosts very much soon. So check that when they come. So I'll catch you guys next Friday at 11 p.m. Deuces.